Good morning. Let's get going. Or good evening. Depending on what time you're listening to us. Depending on where you are. When this drops. Today is different. Today is different. Actually, I think today is special because something just shifted. Something just shifted. I don't know if it's a plateau, if it's a dimensional shift. I don't know if it's a spiritual shift, but something just shifted, man. And I'm recording this in the night of in the night of full moon, which is very interesting. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, today is a special day. Because during this shift, a lot of things have came up. A lot of things came up that wasn't supposed to, that was supposed to be buried, but you cannot hide what's supposed to be shown. And lately, I don't know if you were listening to us from a, a, a far, a far away land, but in Kamloops, Canada, 215 bodies of indigenous children were found under a residential school, one of the biggest in Canada. Who? This is hot. And then outside of this 215, it was like 750 graves with no names on them that were just found. Because as I'm saying, as things are shifting, things that were supposed to be buried has to come up and they have to, you have to explain it. What happened? What is Canada? Who is Canada, man? So I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions. We had a lot of questions. I wasn't alone. So we decided to ask. We decided to ask the right people. You know what I'm saying? The people of the land. We had, to, we had to ask the people of the land, what do you think about this? What should we do next? What's the next move? What should be done? What's our responsibility there on this land that is yours? That your grandma was there before Columbus and shit. You know what I'm saying? So we ask. And ladies and gentlemen, today we have uh, two wonderful guests. Of the name of Kelsey Kilauna. Make some noise for Kelsey Kilauna, ladies and gentlemen. You can be louder than that. Make some noise for Kelsey Kilauna, ladies and gentlemen. And Kelsey didn't come alone. Kelsey didn't come alone. She brought her sister with her. She brought her sister with her who came in with the same pressure. So ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Lauren Marchand, everybody. Lauren Marchand, everybody. It's a special episode, man. It's a special episode of Not For Sale. And you know what's funny enough today? Yao is not here. He couldn't make it. I don't know why. He just wasn't there. Instead, we have the Lady Dia, Melodia asking a bunch of questions and being herself singing with this beautiful voice. Oh, yeah, this is a special episode, my friends. And like always, we have El Presidente, Trophy Ewila. And in the room, we also had Zuena. Glory was sitting with us, too. Out here chilling, getting it going. And, you know, I don't know. I know you're not supposed to introduce yourself, but fuck it. I was there. 
Rendogo. The rain dog was out here chilling, asking questions, being a student, because I couldn't go out there saying no dumb shit. I don't know if I cracked a joke that day. I was just trying to listen because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? These are these these were powerful spirits that was in that room. You know what I mean? So I won't talk any longer, man. I won't tell you that much. I won't give you everything right now because you need to listen. We, it was a, a, a great interview, a kind of long interview, so we split it. We split it. This is part one today, and in a couple of weeks, you'll get part two. How about that? That's a good deal. Just get some deep listening. That's all I'm saying. Just get some deep listening. Marielle Belanger said that the other day. Get some deep listening to this podcast, to this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not for sale. I'm your host, Ray Dalvin. You want We just got some really beautiful teachings about what the butterflies mean to us. Oh, what does it mean? Um, it carries the laws of the land. Oh. And okay, so it's the dots are the footsteps. Yeah. And it has to do with the water. Yeah. Um, on the monarch is what it is. Yeah, it's the monarch butterfly, and it um, all of our teachings surround a certain like plant or animal or species of some type. Mm. Oh, it, we just received that teaching a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will I'll read this later because. <laughs> But thank you. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you guys. (laughs) And thank you for having us. Seriously, this is such a breath of fresh air. Of all the interviews I've been doing, I was like, when when I heard about this one, I was like, okay, yes, thank God. It'll be needed after this week. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I, want to give you my gift our gift as well um this is this is what i think embodies your guys' spirit and um and yeah this is kind of like also our intention Mm -hmm. going has been our intention and it's just stating our intention it's kind of also locating ourselves Beautiful. and situating you guys with us to also know where we are Beautiful. and how the mentality I almost got that you ain't never seen me snap I stay stopped and stubbed I do question your all
never seen me snap. I stay strapped and stall. I do question your motives. You ain't finna blind my eye. I will poke yours first. teachings that we talk about that and who are we in relation to every issue that comes to our doorstep and um, you can speak out on behalf of any voice right um, it doesn't mean you're speaking for that you know uh, what we would call like our four societies you, it doesn't mean you're speaking on behalf of that one society it just means that's the presence you're bringing and so you know we have the elders um, we have the fathers the mothers and the youth and they all have different gifts that they bring um, and different things that they take care of so when all of this happened, in order for me to not spiral out of control, because I did initially when I first seen 215, and I was just like, holy cow, like it just hit me like a bus. And I woke up, the first thing I did in the morning is like, I'm gonna, I need to just declare who I am today. I need to declare what voice I am gonna be speaking from or I'll spiral. So that's what I did, I just said, I speak as a mother because, um, you know, like that's, that's my role in this world, I know it is, is to repair the matrilineal lineage, lineage of my life. And so um, me and my sister are the first in our matrilineal lineage to not be taken from our families, where our mother was taken, my grandmother was taken, my great-grandmother was taken. Our great-great-grandmother was actually a medicine woman and a very powerful one. Mm -hmm. So we are here to repair those three generations of women. And, um, and so it was like, okay, then I know what I need to do. And so going from that is kind of where I, I decided, okay, now I know exactly my role. And I think that that's, um, you know, and that's a part of the sad part of having all of this genocide is that so many of our people are just living in this trauma, not knowing they need to declare themselves, <laughs> not knowing they need to set their intention of how am I going to deal with all of this, you know, and how, who am I going to be in this instead where people are still trying to remember who they are. And so it's, um, it's like, the greatest loss that um, has been validated <laughs> in a sense because you know like we say we know how these bodies got there we as indigenous people um, the Silkish Aquatic people we heard the stories our whole lives of how these story or how these bodies got there and so now is our time to um, to just bring the talk about it now and not in the sense of traumatizing people but being like this you ignore us <laughs> like you've ignored us for years 
and years and years. And are you now this is your opportunity to either continue ignoring us in the face of all of this, or you're going to actually step up and say, um, and take accountability and hold your governments to accountability in your institutions. So yeah, it's definitely all about self-locating is, is the only way that I know I've been able to get through this. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. You know, um, last summer, I wrote this story about uh, genocide. And the way I talked about it, I said it wasn't... Because I know it's when they, they talk about genocide, the, the definition is like they're wiping out everybody. But when I came here and I heard about the genocide, and I'm thinking there might be none of you guys here, but really what they, what they erase is the, the story the language and the culture so then even the people that are like the the great great grandkids are still alive but they don't have anything to show for it yes so now that you come that's that makes that makes a lot of sense that mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense yeah yeah that's and that's how i kind of talk to um, other people about it is like this is an ethnic cleansing and so who are you to this ethnic cleansing you know mm. like who are you are you gonna keep adding to this and ignoring us or are you actually going to um stop it and anybody who wants to turn a blind eye to this right now is still complicit with ethnic cleansing mm. and so i call them out for that because um enough is enough of ignoring us mm. and of ignoring all of our loss <laughs> and then a lot of people are saying you know it has a lot to do with um, you know, like, oh, great, like, now, you know, they just want more money and all that. It's like, honestly, we just want our identity back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I would love to have my language back. And I would love to be able to go to the university where they're offering my language um, for free. Because, yeah. like, why do privileged white people get to learn my language before me? That's not mm -hmm. fair. Like, I don't think that that's, you know, to me, that's still taking part of that ethnic cleansing because you're giving the privilege to someone else. Um, before the people whose language that belongs to so mm -hmm. there's so many people who are still contributing and they think they're doing something good but it's like you really need to dig deep and like and self-locate because the only way to do it is go from the roots up into how have i contributed and how have i taken away and what am i here to offer now so it's well, uh, yeah and then to speak on the school like to go to learn your language is you're learning alongside white people <laughs> and on top of that we're paying for it and we're going into debt Mm -hmm. financial debt to learn our language it's mm -hmm. just mind-blowing to think that that's actually seen as okay and really? celebrated and mm -hmm. yeah and like we're so privileged now that we get to go to university and learn our language for, <laughs> right. and then go into poverty for it yes <laughs> and then like, where does that bring you when you're completed university like can you make enough money to pay that debt off are we mm -hmm. gonna have value after yeah or is the value the language because yeah like, it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that makes so much sense because the, the language itself doesn't have like a, a monetary value. Exactly. It's a cultural value, it's, a, it's, it's memories, it's memories. Yes. So now it's interesting because, you know, every time I, I talk to, to I, I want to say, colonized people, mm -hmm. I notice the same type of trends. It's like the, 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 the white man comes to this, come to this land still the culture still the language and for some reason so a couple of years after now the people of this land how have to pay yeah to get everything everything back yeah so now we thought it was lost but turns out no they still have it yeah it's like that's why i don't trust the dna <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you want to tell me all these years, I, I was not able to know where were my great 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 grandparents were from. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, now I can give you my DNA. You can tell me, oh, you guys are from this, 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 this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, there's a way information is like taken yes. and given back in a different way. Yeah. Like the Bible and all this shit. They come in with this Bible, take your leg, la- take your language, take your knowledge now. Mm-hmm. They're sending you the Bible and your knowledge. Exactly. And you end up paying and paying and paying, you know, it never ends. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like curious to know just from you guys, like what was your initial reaction, I guess, when you guys heard the news? Uh, you guys want to go first? <laughs> well, I knew. Like, yeah. I, like I knew. but And I was also kind of surprised that like, even like my stepfather, right? He's white. And he was like, oh, I just can't believe it like shame on Canada kind of thing right and he's like can you imagine like I just didn't know and I was like annoyed that he didn't know but I was like okay whatever like that's where you are at but you see the truth yeah like you see the truth and it, it's hard because you have a child and even like when Glory was gone for those two weeks right like it was hard yes you know what I mean and you know I saw a picture of like um TP's beside the school. Oh yeah. You know, and also it was really it's hard because, um, like even we went to we had a cultural exchange, right? So my friend who she's silk, right? But um, like we've been friends for a long time, and then they made friends with these guys, right? So then it, so then we ended up going up to her father's place, and. I don't even know where we were. <laughs> I don't know where we were. And they said it, but I can't say it. <laughs> and they're like, we don't know how to write this in English, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but we were up there and it was past um Merit. It was past Merit. Somewhere in the mountains of Merit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, past Merit there. And um and you know, just people like were there with elders and youth and young children and and like around the fire they're just like talking about like right there and just going to impact but they just were talking yeah. about it and and so it, it's been hard you know because you know like you those and then all of a sudden this like is out so then you're thinking about mm-hmm. all those people yes. right and yeah. you're just like oh my god how are you i don't know how to like talk to you about it and, and yeah stuff like that but you know that like spreading love and we actually met up with them some of them yesterday right? yeah. yeah which was really nice like we met up with Kristen and, and her. but you know yeah it's it's hard and even um my friend my best friend <laughs> she is uh african african-american and she's indigenous right oh, okay and so we really like bonded and and uh she's in the states but she's Sequimic. Oh, okay oh. yeah and it's it's hard for her to be very far away yeah you know what i mean it's just hard because the covid oh gosh so it's been hard and you know that's like her mom is my mom like i call her mama jones so it's it's been really hard yeah it's been really hard and just still navigating like also like even who i like who am i Mm -hmm. right because you said your mother and and I was like, you know, because I, I just remember hearing everything and I'm like, I'm not going to post on Facebook. 
I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm not gonna say nothing. What do you even say? Oh, yes. What do you even say? I, yeah. Nothing. No matter what I post on Facebook, it's not gonna do nothing for me and yeah. you. And and so you know, just like even in like what your like your story is like that mother story. I was like, oh, this is this is I this I want to share. Yeah. Out and, and you know, just like what different people are saying, like that's what I share and stuff. But I'm just really listening and just waiting yeah you know waiting and listening mm-hmm. but and talking to the people like i'm not trying to talk to massive amounts just the people that i know yes mm-hmm. then you yeah. know i know our relationship and how you are and everything then we talk right yeah it's, yeah it's like you know you grieve together but. yeah and it's because you took the time prior to all of this to cultivate a safe relationship and a good a relationship, relationship and kinship yeah. you know and that's what i always say too so many people are just coming in out of the woodworks with no relationship built prior it's like you are just banking on our grief right now and you're just using our bodies for your headlines and that's all what this is all about and your story is like you know just the, like continuing the whitewash version of our story <laughs> so yeah yeah and it's focusing on the wrong thing you know that's for us i think even what's interesting is the story started to come before yes. so we're hearing stories about you know what um on the west side the wagon trails so i was like yo, it was yeah, like and then how their parents can't they don't want to talk about residential schools at all yeah. like yo don't talk about it. they're gonna be mad and they're telling us this story yeah. Yeah. don't even say yeah. it don't yeah. say it yeah so then we see your post and so i'm like okay what's going on i go to cbc and i'm like oh this thing is everywhere yeah and it's everywhere and there and it's a you know um yeah but also you know we have a discussion with with randy all the time about um traumas and there's the idea about that you know there's yes there's intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and they talk about it there's a, a conversation about these things like it's in the past yes. only yes. yet it's happening right, right now, now. Yes. and so sometimes the, the trauma is about what is just happening yes. now as well mm-hmm. plus the history so it's again and it's again and it's like the we were like the fact that it went out so fast yeah. there was some sort of intention okay was that yes uh, some sort of intention with that yes yeah. like here you go yeah, yeah. and that's what i taught like um cbc this woman message and i was talking mm-hmm. my sister it just felt so extractive to how she talked to me because she was like i wanted i want to bring you on to talk about intergenerational trauma and i said mm-hmm. it's it's not intergenerational it's generational mm-hmm. it's it's happening over and over and over yeah. and over and it's just residential school has and just um colonialism and the violence has just shapeshifted into different characters mm. that's all this is doing is this is just a different shapeshifter and so it went from residential schools to um selling our children in newspapers for ten dollars like their dogs mm. and and there's even been no. like different um articles to show uh, like when they were selling a dog in the newspaper and selling an indigenous child it was literally the exact same art like the same ad and the language was the exact same yeah it was disgusting so it went to that to the 60s scoop which our mother was a part of um and being uh our family just being torn apart and um and sent all over so our mother was sent down the states like not even kept in our own like in our own territories (laughs) and she was passed all around and everything and um and you know like her sharing too like she remembers at two years old knowing how to mix a drink and knowing how to like dance for people and things like it it just it just changed faces 
to now, you know, like, and right now is the millennial scoop. Mm. And we have more children in the foster care system than we had at the height of residential schools. Mm. So it's, it's still happening just under a more socially acceptable name, right? And so that's what I, t- I talk to media about. That's why I'm so angry at media. <laughs> and I'm just so mad to be a part of this. Like, and I'm ashamed. And I've been so vocal that I'm ashamed to be a part of this, of this whole thing because um, media has, um, media creates a social order. Mm-hmm. And so what are you doing right now to, mm-hmm. to make any change besides exploiting our people? You're still exploiting us. You're still waiting outside of um, the so-called residential school and just waiting and hopping on our elders and our survivors like they're just a story to be exploited, yet you're not willing to go knock on the door of a priest to do the exact same thing. You're not willing to go to the churches and the diocese to be like, where's all the evidence? We want all the names. Where is your offer in this and your reciprocity? Because now it's just, you know, obvious who the problem is. Like The media is going to continue to perpetuate this, um, the divisiveness. And I, I call them out for that all the time. And I say, you're responsible for the divisiveness in this country right now. Like we could have so many more allies than we have if you weren't always so okay to make us look like the poor Indians all the time. Um, and the angry Indians, like we're not angry, we're tired. <laughs> it's the same shit they do with black yes, people. Yes, yes. It's so, it's so weird to me. Cause it's like, think about it. Now there's more people in prison more black people in prison now than it was enslaved during yeah. slavery days. Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, it's, a, it's this weird transformation and we're thinking there's change. We're thinking yeah. that, hey, it's getting better, but it's really just, they play with words. Yeah. yeah. They play with words is, is so crucial. Exactly. Because exactly. you look at like the social standards are changing, mm-hmm. you know, like as we evolve, social standards change. Yeah. So socially, yes, residential schools are like, that would be, nicked like right now <laughs> like it would yeah. not exist mm. and so yeah then they went to the 60s scoop and they went to even day school and day then school, they went yeah. to now they're in the millennial scoop and then again they're looking at us and being like well um oh because they don't have enough money they don't they're not fit to be a parent oh yeah. because of this or that they're not fit to be a parent and it's like so we're going to take their child and then even um with my situation with mcfd i had a lot of people that were underneath the comments a very plainly explained why this was wrong, what happened to me with um, MCFD involving themselves was just that everyone's like, yes, but there's two sides to every story. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sometimes there's not. <laughs> yeah, even, yeah. Even, even if there is two sides, the problem is we only hear one. Yeah. yeah. All the time. It's yeah. that one side of the story we always hear. Yeah. And even, even, uh, yeah. The, when you say they always go and uh, interrogate the elders, and it's like you guys end up being the victim twice. Yes, yes, you know every time. It's like okay, now they, they messed you up, but they're gonna come and harass you. Yeah. To have more information, what happened? Well, you know the criminal. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? You actually work for him, so why don't you <laughs> go and ask him exactly. some questions? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I just don't get how they're so okay with that. And like Lauren was saying, like because. So her article was centered around again. Um, someone put in a Crime Stoppers thing to say that she was running a meth lab. She wasn't <laughs> clearly. Um, and and but the way that everybody tried to stick up for themselves, all these institutions and all of them were pointing fingers at each other. But it wasn't us. It was them. It was them. It was them. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the police. It was MCFD. It wasn't MCFD. It was the band. It wasn't the band. It was housing. It wasn't housing. It was you know back to the RCMP again. Like just trying to but. 
that's why I loved your song because it was like, mm-hmm. don't take me as a fool. Like we're not yeah. stupid. That's yeah. the thing. We're not dumb. Like, mm-hmm. and then so when they did that to her, we just kept thinking like, why our family? Like, <laughs> we're gonna call you out. Like, <laughs> you know, they did. And I still get shocked when people do that or when they try to look at us just like we're stupid or I've gotten emails like hate mail just being like, you're indigenous, you should not be reporting on your people because, you know, you have that bias and you're objective and blah, blah, blah. There's no objectivity. And I'm just like, holy mo... And this is from other journalists. This isn't from like just anyone. (laughs) They're so used to not locating themselves. Even this idea of objective. Why? Yes. Why, why do you want to not relate? Yes. <laughs> but the thing is, they, they're not objective as well. They yes. give their opinion with good words. They know how to use yeah. these words. Yeah. So it's like, even by being objective, they can, they, they, they can be dismissive. Yeah. And nice. they can tell you, oh, look at this. Look at what happened. We're not saying anything about it, but just yeah. look at it. Whenever you point the camera, you're making a point. Yes. You're not just, you know. Yeah. And that's and um, that's what Dr. Cal, uh, Candace Callison always says. She says objectivity means it's in journalism. It means um, a view that comes from nowhere. But we all have mud on our feet from somewhere. So we all have been somewhere. We all have our roots in the ground from somewhere. So you, there's not one person that could come into it. Basically, what they're trying to say with objectivity and that being the the rule in journalism is they're trying to say that only white men can report on anything. <laughs> That's so basically, it. Yeah, they're yeah. objective. They're exactly. The one, uh, so, so they're now setting the social order of the world. So mm-hmm. only white men can set the social order. And um, and that's basically the argument. And I get those emails from other journalists um, who, are, who accuse me of writing op-eds because they're like, well, that's an op-ed because you're indigenous and you, have, you shouldn't be writing on indigenous issues. And the way we're like is we're we're experts of our communities. Like, <laughs> like these are my people and my the, I have the impact here and I know my people and I know our our social rule of order. Like I know that you don't. <laughs> so um, I've been actively calling out journalists and actively just I don't even care anymore. And I, I told Ryerson University, I was like, I don't care anymore. I'm done. Like I'm done because I am speaking as a mother and that comes before my journalism ethics which like you know i mentioned before journalism ethics are i don't know where they are they're way 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 low because our um our rule of telling stories and everything our silk laws around storytelling require reciprocity and they require that um we think about the impact of others because we're an egalitarian society mm-hmm. we're not just going to be like oh this is gonna be like great for news and then you know clickbait um so we don't we don't think that way we think about the impact because we don't want to hurt our own people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, someone who comes into our communities and extracts, I've been saying, don't talk to survivors. Leave us alone. Mm-hmm. Like, leave us alone. <laughs> when they're like, who should we tell these stories? Not you, trust me. <laughs> it's really not you. <laughs> like, there's so many stories you could be telling that still involve this, that there's the place for you. It's just not in our homes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, talking to our elders, making them relive traumas, like... I just found this out on Friday and I'm, I told Lauren, I was like, I'm still, I'm still traumatized because I'm actually like so concerned when, um, cause I never went to J school. I have no journalism background. I'm just a storyteller and I was hired based on my storytelling, which is, I love yeah, indigenous yeah. for that. Right. Yes. Yeah. We were all hired based on storytelling. Not one of us was hired based on university. So they were like, we see your connection with people. That's why we're hiring you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. And so that was beautiful. Cause 
I spent the past 15 years working in trauma-informed in um, really rural communities throughout the, the province, or so-called mm-hmm. province. And so I know how to connect with people. I know how to um, talk and interview in ways that aren't going to further harm or traumatize them. Mm-hmm. And so I thought my practice was just normal. I really, truly did until Friday. <laughs> just this past Friday. <laughs> and then someone uploaded um, a trauma-informed reporting. They're like, let's talk about it. So they put it into our... Um, like kind of like our chat and then everyone's like wow and I was like wait this isn't the standard like literally like this isn't the standard and they're like no you're not taught this in J school I was like what and they said that in journalism school you're taught to um, protect yourself from people's stories you're not taught to protect people from having to share their story and I was so sickened by it yeah and so we were I was just like but it's standard empathy to not want to hurt somebody Mm -hmm. but they're like no that's not what you're taught and I was just like, so there's people out there right now hurting our people, mm-hmm. asking them the stupidest questions like, um, do you remember the smell during the event? Do you remember oh, the sounds? Yeah. Were there songs playing? Like people are asking these questions to survivors. And I didn't know that. So I just got more mad. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so this coming week, I'm going to work to develop something, some framework around how, like, so for me, I'm going to be interviewing my grandfather, who is a survivor of the KRS, and um, I, I'm doing it in a way where I know, like, where I'm just using my training. Mm. I'm gonna have him make a drum while we're talking, so that he has mm. all of his senses engaged, and he's not gonna be living in survival mode in his brain and causing brain damage from having to relive trauma. Mm. <laughs> so we're I'm engaging all of these practices because I don't want to hurt him because I love him. And so I just think like, how can any white journalists go into our communities and say these things without thinking of the ramifications? Like we have people who are suicidal, we have people relapsing, you know, like this is so severe and you're so okay to hurt us. (laughs) So I'm just like, yesterday when the elder told the reporters, put away your cameras, we're not your daily news cycle. He told all of them that at this at the school yesterday and only one person put away their camera. The rest of the reporters kept jumping around and taking all the photos and asking elders to pose after the elders themselves asked them to put it away. And I was just like, oh my God, like, you know, this is just, it's scary to me. Like, it's so scary to think we're going to lose so many people from this. So there's like a lot of, um, like I said, damage control and crisis control. That's what I feel like I've moved into. (laughs) So when they asked me to speak on intergenerational trauma for um, CBC, I was just like, that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the reporters, such as you all, to stop the harm. Like, stop. Just seriously let us grieve and go into, just mm-hmm. just know your role, I guess. You know, know your mm-hmm. lane and stick to it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not in our homes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been super difficult to navigate ourselves. Um, and then having everybody co- coming to my doorstep and asking me like, to inform them, which I'm willing to do, but then um, for one, there's no payment, which I think is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm an indigenous knowledge holder and I have 15 years of trauma-informed training around interviewing. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm doing. I have mm-hmm. my own teachings that I follow as a storyteller because mm-hmm. those are much higher standards. And you're asking me for your my help, but you're not willing to pay me. Mm-hmm. You just want to extract from me and you want to ignore me. <laughs> so yeah. after you've extracted the knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you guys shared about like, don't do too much of like, you know, the 
educating white people, I was like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) I need that. I need that advice (laughs) because I feel like I'm just going into like, I need to tell, you know, I need to educate everybody. But at the same time, at what cost myself as well, right? My family, Mm -hmm. like as a single parent, I I still have children to raise. At the end of the night, I still have kids I got to put to bed and like, you know, and then I lay in bed every night thinking about how much work there is I got to do still. And it's not fair to me to just keep extracting in that way. So, yeah, I think that's where I am. (laughs) It's so true because, like, even that whole thing, like, Chofi's like, we are brilliant people. And and even even past people, Mm -hmm. like, all the greats, brilliant minds, brilliant people, Mm -hmm. just thinking about racism. Like, and thinking about, like, don't treat us like, like, shit. Yes, (laughs) yes. Plain words. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about different ways to communicate with you about our own humanity. Yes. That's yeah. that's a lot of brain power. I mean, and and they ended up crying. Yeah. Yes. Or, or something happened. Yes. Right. And yeah, and Trophy, what do you always? I love what you say about the diverse thing. Oh yeah, because I, I think what's important is I think that's what I in, in the talks I wanted. I always try to highlight is like. We're not your objects for diversity. Yes. We're also looking for diverse options for ourselves. Yes. In the different things that we're doing, in the way we tell our own stories. I want to go out there and see my story. Yes. But if it's not in your place, I'm trying to find a place for my story. That tells it my way. That has the understanding of me. Yes. Not where it's picked and told in a specific way <gasps> to keep a specific, specific narrative going on. Yes. Where you're tokenized. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to ask a question. Of course. I was going to give it to Mondia to ask. No. <laughs> um, so the news that came out with the uh, children that passed away in the grave, right? But don't you think that they have tried to shift attention from what was going on with the tree that's being cut yeah. off? Because yeah. now, like for me, okay, I like following stories. So I yeah. have to follow the story until I know the end. Yeah. But then the moment the grave came up, I forgot about the, the tree, you know, my focus was, oh my God, this kid, how can they do that? Yeah. Until after all, I was like, why am I now focusing on the grave when there's a tree yeah. that's happening right now that we can do something right now? Absolutely. Oh, and I believe it. I agree. I think yeah. so. Because not there's not only that, but there's the Trans Mountain Pipeline going through Kamloops yes. right now. And so the hereditary family that was... Um, initially involved with stopping that pipeline is now having to deal with this because this is their hereditary responsibility mm-hmm. is now we're in grieving and we're in mourning and those protocols take um, precedent over everything uh, and they're continuing to push the pipe through so uh, absolutely I think it's a huge like mm-hmm. they're just trying to divert our conversations and thinking yeah. right now like watch um, the left hand while the right hand yeah. is something else you know? mm-hmm. so. is doing something else exactly yeah so I, I, I think so for sure so do you think this is it they do, yeah. If you, if you uh, indigenous people are traumatized about the residential schools and they want to put their pipeline or destroy the forest or whatever, then they'll start thinking what's the best way to get you. And if they know that, okay, when we pick this point, then they won't do anything because now they'll be dealing with this other trauma. Mm, yeah. So they will just keep on using that every time they have something that they want to, to destroy. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's something that we find, too, is what seasons they do things in. 
We notice it's always winter. As soon as winter's coming, the action's harder to do because it's harder to be outside on the ground when it's mm. like minus 15 outside or minus mm. 18. So we always notice that. We're always like, it's always winter. It's always mm -hmm. the, as soon as we're heading into winter. It's interesting that it's happening now, but I think it is the pipeline is like moving up quickly. Mm -hmm. um, not only that, and I think that the intention was to, I really pray the intention was to find more answers as they, as um, Cookie, Roseanne, Casimir called for. Mm -hmm. However, I really believe media is the one that's taking the spin on it, right? And mm -hmm. amplifying, because I even noticed in our comment section on Indigenous people being like, when are you guys going to talk about KRS? When are you guys going to talk about it? And it's like, well, first of all, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I wrote the, yeah. I wrote the big status on indigenous. Mm. I said, we're not, you know what? We're following traditional protocol, which says we're grieving until that fire is out until the sacred fire is out. We're not doing business. Mm. And sorry, it, it doesn't fall in with your daily news. Find another news outlet. Yeah. And we've been telling everyone that. I've been banning from that page like crazy because I'm like, find another outlet. Mm. We are not fitting your narrative. Find another outlet. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't care. We don't need your, your, yeah. you know, yeah. we don't need to please you anymore. Mm -hmm. Like we're, mm -hmm. that's not even what we're here for. Mm -hmm. We're here to uplift our own voices because for so long we haven't had it in media. That's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. So we're here for like all BIPOC voices, not yours. Mm -hmm. Go somewhere else. <laughs> like, it's true. And that's what was happening. Even when George Floyd died, Trophy was at the Rotary Center and they're mm. busy asking him oh is this like appropriate is this a good statement that we should put out for the <sighs> Rotary Center on black and Trophy is like because I think that's that's what inspired me also to go it's like okay um, you're asking me to have your input in the statement but you're not asking okay what are some of the things that we can change within this space to make it more inclusive more. yes so I'm like oh okay yeah I'm like okay I guess the game has to change from here on yeah um, and i guess it's cultural i th i think it's a cultural thing yeah um it's not you know yes it's just it's, 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 the systemic part of it is part is birthed out of the culture yeah of the way you see it and the narratives within that culture and so now you have to have a specific role and if you're playing out of it then we kind of have to deal with you in in different ways because <laughs> you're threat to a, to a, a bigger story yes yeah and so many people get lost in it yeah in our own and I really like what you're talking about, like the intelligence and like that you guys are, you know, all of us are extremely yeah. intelligent people. Yeah. And that's why I was excited to have this conversation. It's like, I get to talk to other intellectuals. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so nice. I don't need to dumb anything down. <laughs> yeah. And I always take away something when I'm with you guys. I always take away learning. I don't ever take away learning when I'm having to dumb myself down. Mm -hmm. And I hate having to put myself to that level all the time because yeah. like you said, it's exhausting to in your mind continually translate how you're going to tell somebody something that is so simple mm -hmm. as like you said, just stop hurting us. Yeah. <laughs> but like to have to say it in such a way where it's like, how will they understand to stop hurting me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how will they understand to stop hurting our people? And how will they understand that hurting our land means they're hurting us? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, all of those different things. It's like, we can't even explain because mm. you took our language away for one, which holds all of our laws that explain yeah. these things. Um, and you are just asking us to show up empty for you. Like, it's just, it's so it's damaging. True. Yeah. Show up empty. That's yeah. True, right? and, and that's how I, we talk about, so 
this might sound mean, but we talk about Canada and Canadians as children. They're children mm. of the government of Canada mm. because that's that they're subjects. They truly mm. are um, legally just subjects of, of the crown. Um, we're sovereigns. We don't have anything to do with that system. We've never mm. signed, ceded, or surrendered. Mm. So we're complete sovereigns. Um, allies to the crown. Can, technically allies under the Royal Proclamation. And so um, we're not supposed to have any dealings <laughs> with mm. them in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so... I was telling Lauren, I was like, I feel like when I'm having to talk to non-Indigenous people, like white people, um, <laughs> I'm like, here's a coloring book. <laughs> here's your crayons. <laughs> We're going to have adult talk over here. <laughs> you guys stay occupied, okay? <laughs> because it's one problem. Yes! You problem solving, okay? Yes. I mean, that's what I feel like I'm constantly doing. Like, I'm constantly like, hey, you guys over there do that. Because we have business to attend to yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. you know, and it, and it feels like, it feels like when we're talking to, especially racist, they're really just so willfully mm. ignorant that we're talking to, and I don't want to say child because children are brilliant, yeah, um, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but it's like we're talking to like, we're talking to the children of Canada. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> this is yeah. another problem. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we're, that's what it feels like. It's like we're constantly having to bring ourselves to that level, and it's, and it's um, it's like, it's like we're just having to always prove our worth in yeah. in the most plain language that we can find, yeah. which is just so awful because we can prove our worth in our language, but yeah. it's hard to do it when we're talking just in English, which is the most shallow language. So, shallow. so that's why art is so beautiful, is because it can yeah. convey that without language at all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if you guys seen the Jets. Did you guys see the when they sang Oh Canada at the Jets game recently? Mm-hmm. So I can't remember the uh, the singer's name, but he's an Indigenous man. Mm-hmm. And they said, so they reached out to him and they're like, do you want to sing Oh Canada or what do you want to do for that? Should we do <laughs> two minutes of silence, two, two minutes, 15 seconds mm-hmm. of silence? And he was like, no, I'm going to sing it. I'm going to mm-hmm. sing it. And he's like, I'm going to sing it so slow, mournfully dark. Mm-hmm. And so that Canada's forced to listen to what this is. Mm-hmm. And people just broke down and cried and they were angry and they were like, not my Canada. And that's art. To me, that was art because you were making them listen to what they what they created without us. This country was built off of. Yeah. Like those graves is what they built this country off of. Yeah. Like. And like Lauren said before, um, nobody would have this freedom of enjoyment of living on these lands in yeah. the Okanagan or in the Chequetmik yeah. without those bodies being in the ground the way they are. Mm. There's just no way. So, um, I feel like uh, I there's this professor I always love, Sam Marlowe, and he was saying, you know, Indigenous people's rights. You you don't have rights. You Canadian people, you don't yeah. have rights. Yes. You mm. think like if you really want to protect the water then you have to support indigenous people's yeah. rights mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because exactly. you know what i'm saying because like I, I don't know and when he said that it was just like so true yes it was so true because it's a, they're different as you said sovereign yeah like they're independent they're different yes. and so yes. yeah like even yeah. as canadians it's like oh you you mm-hmm. this the, you're marching for the trees <laughs> You don't have a right to protect those trees. That, that's, <laughs> that's your that's your yeah. that's your state that's doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I know. So we always remind people that they're subjects. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're like, but you have to remember your subject. Like, especially when yeah. they, even when like the police try to talk to us, it's just kind of like you know mm-hmm. we're we're like playing with the toy soldiers. Like. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's- 
children because they're very they're, they listen and also their imagination mm-hmm. because yes. they're very connected yes right and and i was telling suena i was saying you know like because i have i always i go to schools whatever and we sing and mm-hmm. and one day kinfolk was invited to um it was resilience day right so <laughs> celebrating self people and resilience mm-hmm. and i had a whole bunch of insulchin and stuff like that and I was really like, hmm, how do I, how do I really speak to the right people, you know? And I sang this song, right? And basically, I was saying, because I'm like singing, we're singing in a school, this school, what is it teaching you, right? So I was talking about the education, and I was like, I want to impart this knowledge that's burning deep in my soul. If you are here and ready, then you will take heed of my words. I know that my message is heavy, but you're young, so you're closer to our goals. If you are here and ready, then you will take heed of my words. It's all a scheme, na 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 na. They're indoctrinating you And I knew, and I knew, and I knew, and I knew Only yesterday Don't you forget the language of the stars Where you come from is where you go And it's clear, it's fear that's here This fear and it's threatening <laughs> <laughs> She will sing something so so sweet. sweet. Yeah. 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 Thank you, thank you for making yeah. it so better. And then we come out with a rat eye. Yeah. Yeah. She starts you off that way, and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, and before you know it, boop, you're in oh, the yeah. story. Like, okay, yeah. let's deal with this now. You can't run. That's, that's totally the storytelling responsibility. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, that reminded me of the story I wanted to share when we were in that teaching room talking to white people then there's this guy <laughs> this one guy right he was a white guy and he was going back to the university and he was really excited yeah go ahead and uh, and he was saying yeah he did he did he was dropping some big indigenous names right he's like oh yeah i did an interview with this person and this person and like we're working on this project and really big names that i i'm like mm, okay okay listening he's like but yeah like there was an issue with like like the protocol or uh, 
you know how you have continued con- um what do they call it continued Some- consent yeah mm-hmm. continued consent right so then there was an issue and they stopped it right indigenous people were like we're not going forward right like but all the work was done and he's like but i just had to respect them and i had to like really step away <laughs> and he i'm like oh my god i'm like i can i already know what kind of person you are right yes <laughs> uh, so then he was talking about how he's really excited at the university they're gonna be teaching about what is it like narrative story autoethnography so that's the where people you're hearing people's stories it's not like ethnography where there's the journalism going in to Mm -hmm. extract right yeah oh we're gonna hear from people's stories so then he just touched it briefly so then i when we were talking said oh so what were you what are you gonna study again and he was talking about it and stuff like that and then i said oh imagine hmm, they're going to learn about me (laughs) as if i'm just uh, you know as if a subject a subject right but like i it was funny the way i did it because i really made him see how ridiculous it was Mm -hmm. i'm like oh look they're gonna go learn about me in this class yeah oh, we're going in to get the story yeah yes. uh, he was embarrassed but True. i was like i have to do it yeah you're definitely not ready yeah because <laughs> i let him talk first i'm like let me really understand right so you can't try to backpedal your way yes i love that <laughs> That. that's what um like so i'm really fortunate to work alongside some actually really great great allies um who've really empowered me and my voice and have like just been like you know kels just go for it like <laughs> they're always like you know what f people's feelings if they don't like it they can find another outlet we're not for them that's fine so when i was telling um one of our editors who's um, white that you know all these people are messaging me now because every because um, since Kuki Rose and Casimir called out for trauma informed reporting now everyone's coming and they're like we want to know about trauma informed reporting because I've been so vocal about it mm-hmm. um, especially on Twitter yeah. and so they're like we want to know we want to know um, and she and that she was the one that was like you need to she's like and I'll do it for you if you need me to she's like but you need to tell them and be like put it back on them and make them feel stupid about it and sound mm-hmm. stupid for not offering you money for extracting from you yeah. <laughs> and she was like just tell them be like oh I'm so happy to do that um here's my rates yeah. <laughs> or like what is your budget yeah. <laughs> and, no, yeah. and then she's like and then they'll stop and they'll think about it and be like oh damn like I just totally asked somebody for free you know, extractive information and knowledge and didn't offer them anything. (laughs) And because I've been, it's just been nonstop with that kind of stuff. And, and so now I'm just, I am just going to make a guide because I'm like, I'm not going to keep doing this when I have work to do. (laughs) Wow. She's like, I'm just going to make a guide in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It is. Oh, I've been writing like crazy every day. Like I have word dumps um, on yeah. my Google Docs, and I just dump all my thoughts from the day, mm-hmm. and in our chats, and in our chats, <laughs> and like I'm just, and I'm just kind of watching how I'm moving along and things, and being mm-hmm. like, wow, like I'm still really mad. 
Exactly. Like, I think this is what it is. It's like, it's empowering us to use our real voice and not to have to always speak to the white people and to like, to how Mm. they communicate. Like, Mm. like we're so much, we are so much more intelligent than that. Like not saying that they're dumb, but we're just, (laughs) we're just have a way of saying how we feel that is uncomfortable for them because Mm. it's not in their language. (laughs) It was interesting. I took this class and it was like, oh, there's some cultures that are high context. So it's like literature across the whatever, right? Like it was English, but they're trying to do literature, learning how to read other people's stories. I don't know how I ended up in the class. (laughs) It sounded cool at first. And then anyways, but it was like, oh, there's, so she made everyone take an IDI, intercultural something, something, identifier. Okay. And you see if you're high context or if you're low context. Yeah. And high context is like people talk like, you know, we come from places that we talk in stories Story. and yeah. parables and yeah. like riddles and teachings. Mm-hmm. Oh, right? beautiful. And then there's low context. It's like, uh, like why they can't be like, sometimes you have a saying and like, it's supposed to teach you something. Like if you take somebody else's shoes, you're going to end up walking their path. Oh. Right. But like wow. you, you have to, you have to like think about it. Right. And you, mm. that's how you learn and grow and communicate and talk. Yeah. And so that also is sometimes like, sometimes that's hard because even in the language, right? Like, so you guys' language is so rich. And yeah. I read Jeanette Armstrong's piece. Oh, um, beautiful. Yeah, but I can't remember. Some, let us stand with courage or something. But she was talking about like silk and like, it just like what it means. And like, I just remember a part, it says like dreaming earth pieces. And yes. Like, what that means. And it's like, we are dreaming a spiral. And yeah. I was like, I couldn't understand that. Yeah. But then also when she made this, I could see spirals. Yes. You know, and I'm like, yo, like. And the, I love that you brought that up because everything I do is in a spiral. Mm-hmm. And that is because we're the dreamers of spirals. And so I literally envision everything I do in a spiral, everything. So when people are like, how do you, in that interview I had with Varsin, she was like, how did you guys talk about, um, how did you guys develop your trauma-informed um, reporting? Because we did, we before we reported on this, we got together as a team and we're like, how are we going to do this in the best way we possibly can? Mm-hmm. And I said, and for, I, for me to have to explain it to like a, a university, mm-hmm. I was like, it's so hard without you knowing Silk Teachings and our spiral and how mm-hmm. we think in that sense. And so mm-hmm. for me, again, self-location, so who am I? I am a Silkish Aquatic woman. So, okay, so then what does that mean? And then you have to go on the spiral of what does that mean? And then you go into, okay, I have these laws I need to follow mm. as just a Skoiluk woman. Yeah. And then I go into, okay, now I am a storyteller or I mean, I'm a mother. So I go into what are those responsibilities and protocols? Yeah. Okay, and now I'm a storyteller. What are those responsibilities and protocols? Yeah. Then to journalism. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so everything I do is filtered through all these protocols and teachings and and, um, and you can go up and down the spiral, right? You can go back. Yeah. And we talk about that with like energy levels and um, different like dimensions and things that we, they have doors in our spirals where you can go and hop dimensions and like be able to <laughs> communicate on different energy levels with people depending on where you are. So it's so much deeper than just like, yeah. how did you come up with this? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, you know, like I just think of all of that, like, it's a lot that goes into it. I'm like, it's not. So I, I really tried to explain to her that. I said, the reason community reporting is so important right now is because we're community informed. 
and and that's just the most plain language I could put mm-hmm. to it is we're mm-hmm. community informed. Like and it just feels yeah. so plain when you think about how deep that actually is, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were born with an inherent responsibility here, and and we're not here with just rights. We have responsibilities we must enact. And so all of that gets filtered through. So I can't tell you all of my teachings because you weren't born into the responsibilities Mm -hmm. that I carry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's much more than just trauma informed. It's, Mm -hmm. it's community informed. Again, both of those things are so just scratch the surface of what we really mean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also it's okay for people not to understand. That's what I mean. Check yourself and locate yourself. It's okay that you don't know all the teachings to share a story. That's okay. Find something else. (laughs) And you think about it when you go to a different territory. When we go to a different territory, we're a visitor on that territory. And we act act as such. We don't know everything. And we don't have a place there to do certain things. And we respect that. Yes. So we don't. It's exactly. not that hard. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you settled here. There is just sometimes there's not a place for you. You don't have to have, think you have that privilege to think yeah. you have a right to do everything. Because, again, like Kel said, we were born into our responsibilities and our rights do not exist if we don't uphold our responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So we need to like continue to exercise those responsibilities. And if we don't, then we cease to exist as a people. Yes, is what it is. Like, and that's what they say. That's what they say. The silk people won't be here if we don't have. We don't carry our intelligence. Yeah, and that's so that's right. important to do. Right. And so, and if our land doesn't remain beautiful, then we don't remain beautiful. We don't remain beautiful as people. Yeah, there's just so much more to responsible storytelling. And I and, and I hate putting it on Twitter because I'm like, people just still won't get it. But I was watching an interview with the Deja girl. Model. She's Naomi? A, yeah. Okay, I was going to say Naomi Campbell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was basically the first. Yeah. 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 But they were saying, like, Twitter is basically a, a bathroom wall. Yes. In oh a my dirty God. Nightclub. There you go. That's what it feels like. If you want to scream and say all your truth on there, yeah, go ahead. But understand that where you're putting it it's never gonna go where you need it where you want it to go you know what i'm saying and that is why it's so important like that's why indigenous is very important we have like continuing to create because it's like where do we want to spend our time yes where do we want to spend our energy yes what do we want to build yes and we need to continue building our own spaces yes and i'm like and that's what we say like like we that's why we tell white people we're actually focused on building, creating, mm-hmm. supporting the spaces that are for us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why and it was also you. huge to put, <laughs> like, even the black boys don't cry. It was huge to put it in between that space yes. and even more huge with your daughter when we put it on the wall because it's like, okay, just because there's a space that doesn't mean that it can hold our stories, support mm-hmm. our stories, yes. nurture yes. our story, yeah. right? Yes. And so it's like, these are, this is the gap that we exist in. Like, oh my god yes right? I so, love that yeah. but your daughter took it to the next level <laughs> it's true it's true yes we always laugh about that cause she's like take off yeah. yes that's, and that's what she prayed for that's what she, yeah. and that's so funny cause we we talked about it too as oh. much as you guys probably did like yeah. what that meant like the symbol cause um, yeah. in our teachings the wind when it goes strong like that yeah. 
it, you you pissed off somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like someone's pissed off yeah. and they're going to let you know. Yeah. And so, and that's what she said. She was like, I just prayed the whole time. Take away anything that doesn't belong here. Take away anything on their path we that knew. doesn't belong. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she's like, that's all I did. And then after that, we went to the lake and she let all the boughs go and said, just, you know, take it, take it. And, um, and, and then, so that's what, and then Lauren brought up later, she was like, it was never meant to happen on that screen. It wasn't. It wasn't. It needed to happen on the building. Yeah. So. (laughs) No, it's true. As soon as I saw it go, I was looking, I remember looking like, and I I could see you guys still sing and smile and still stand there. I said, I said, I said, I know it's Yeah, yeah, I think said it the best way. He's like, he saw your son drumming. Yeah, he wanted to leave your drum slow. He's like, why? You're waking up all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 what I liked about that is I I saw something that because he's African is why he could see that. Yeah. You know, other people have to explain. No, no, it's the wind or the forecast. No, that very moment he knew. It's like okay, but for me when I was at first, I was like, okay, God. Because I was like, okay, I hope like what we are trying to do is not being rejected. Like the universe is saying, no, this was not right. But it was also right at the same time. That had to go. Yes. Yeah. And that has informed going ahead for us. It's like, okay, strip all the drama. Yes. Be oh, about yes. It. Yeah. yeah. Be about it. And indeed, the yes. thing became special because yes. that went away. Like that's not the focus. The focus yeah. is what's happening in this space. Yes. Right there. Totally. And that's how we believe. Like, and that's the thing is like, I feel like because, um, all of us are much more visual people, Mm -hmm. we just envision things as they're happening. Like, like the spiral, the dreaming of a spiral just keeps going and going and going. And you know why things are happening as they're happening and it's okay Mm -hmm. for your spirit. But for people who are not connected to dreaming, um, in that way or connected to their mad, this is why I say, and having imagination is a privilege. Mm -hmm. It's not everybody has it right. Um, you have to not live in survival mode to have that. Right. For white people, I really true, feel like they true. live in survival. They're so scared of losing their power over us that they're just so, they lack the imagination, the creativity, the willingness to be in that side of their brain because that cause, it's, that's really, and that's intelligence. <laughs> that's such deep knowing, right? For them to even touch on the fact that they don't belong here and that they never were from here. Um, like you were brought, yeah, you were brought here too. Like, (laughs) and so that's what we say, like at indigenous, we had this big awakening like a month ago and that's what we decided as a team. We're like, Mm. we're done now. You know what? We're done. We're going to take our funding for one more year. And then we're really praying to become a community funded so that we don't need to meet all these quotas that are just not um, suitable for us. And this is our year of truth. We're like, this is our year of truth telling. This is what we're going to do. Um, and we just need to share from our hearts now. Mm. We need to remind our people how beautiful they are because if they remember how beautiful they are, they'll remember how strong they are. Mm. And then we'll raise the vibration of this world. Yes. And then we can build. And then we can move out of our own survival mode to be yeah. like, let's build. Like where you guys talk about, let's build. Let's like build. that's what we want. We want yeah. to build. Yeah. And that's why I keep telling white people, we're not mad. We don't, we're not like mad at you as an individual. We're mad at everything you uphold. And we're yeah. mad at everything ev- you benefit from. Everything you benefit from and i'm mad at you for not doing your own emotional work to get yourself out of that place (laughs) of ownership yeah it's true because um i like how you put the emotional work because even even for myself growing up this idea of the african i had to really contend with it in the spaces that you go because 
the spaces for the colonized mind for the, the african spaces open up more the more colonized knowledge you have yes mm-hmm. literally yes and so if you're not you're looked down upon yes you're frowned upon and the richer you are the more access to the western culture you have oh my god and yes. so the value of yours is down and so you to to exist well you have to get rid of your culture including in the church before you couldn't even play the, the drums the local drums or yeah. you have to play a harp or the guitar or something that's not yours yeah and that's how the you know and and religion is that so christianity is really huge or other religion and so you have to kill your africanness or your natural culture before you can come up to god yes exactly Exactly. wow oh 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 hey y'all um i'm this little really all right i'm i'm not supposed to be here i don't know what happened we out here chilling. Randall sleep. Randall sleep for the last two hours. We trying to edit this shit and we trying to get this shit together. This dude, it's, it's, it, he slip. He slip. He, he can't wake up right now. He snore. He good. He healthy. But he slip. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. I, um, what, what, what if we out here chilling? It's me, Lil Day Day. Um, we got little JJ out here too. Um, we got little Timmy out here. Um, shout out to my mama. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my baby mama. And she's out here taking care of business. You know what I'm saying? While well, I'm taking care of business. You know what I'm saying? So I'm um, gonna shout out to her. You know what I'm saying? Right now, right now I'm going through it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna. I'm gonna say strong. I'm gonna say strong. You know what I mean? Right now it's a messed up situation. I, my, I'm. My heart is broken. My, my heart is broken. My heart is broken. My girlfriend just broke my heart. You know what I'm saying? She left me. I ain't gonna give y'all too much detail, but she left me. All right? Now, now I'm sitting at home and I wanna cry, right? I wanna cry, but I can't. Because my wife is sitting right by me and just ready to whip my ass if I sneeze on myself. You know what I'm saying? So, um, to all the kids is like that. Keep against them, you know what I'm saying? Um, this episode's over. This episode's over. I just had to come tell y'all this. I know we talked about some serious stuff, but this this just had to come out of my heart. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, um, enjoy your loved one. Shout out to Kelsey Kilauna. This was part one, though. We got we got part two coming. We got part two coming, and it's gonna be out here in a couple of days. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I'm, I'm your boy, Lil Ray Ray. Alright, can you just call me Lil Ray Ray? Right. I'm just call me Lil Ray Ray. Uh, this is Nick Mara Radio, you know what I'm saying? It's for not for sale. See y'all next week, man. See, we, we'll see y'all next week. That's why we're down, dude. That's right. Hello, JJ, you wanna say something? You wanna say something to the camera? Say something to the camera, man. The man, man. Just say something. Do you say something on the mic? Do you say something on the mic? I don't want you to say on the mic. Now we saw dumb. We got dumb. Do you say something on the mic? Shit.